0: or complete terms.
2: 691 2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Sticky
1: notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over 175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.
2: John's got a vacation week. I'm here with my news presenter. Deborah Mark, he'd be updated every 15 minutes with whatever. Uh, Here's a quote for you. It's from Kevin DeLeon, Los Angeles City Councilman who ran for mayor and failed, who tried to recite the Pledge of Allegiance and failed. He's bemoaning the rude, inexcusable, immature, self-absorbed behavior that has forced multiple closures of the downtown Los Angeles Sixth Street Bridge. He says, people need to act more mature. Apparently, uh, Friday afternoon, he spoke to reporters. We're not going to allow a small group of individuals to taint the image of the city or the bridge itself. Saying that 99% of the folks who've experienced that bridge love that bridge. It fills them with a sense of pride. They're over the moon on that bridge right there. Let's bring on Steve Gregory to talk about what LAPD has discovered and what they might be doing to try to clamp down on this behavior. Steve. Yeah. Hey, Ken. Uh, You know, it's funny listening to you talk about uh, DeLeon's
1: comments from last week. It's not a single group of people. This is multiple groups of people. And and he was trying to make... um, a point of saying that these are outsiders coming in, causing this ruckus. Yeah,
2: I keep hearing that one, outsiders. Yeah,
1: and it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, their driver licenses say California, and they say yeah. Los Angeles. It doesn't really matter if they're from one side of the bridge or the other side of the bridge. The issue is people are causing problems on this 6th Street Bridge, uh, which connects Boyle Heights to downtown Los Angeles. And it opened, and reopened, as, you ever, as everyone might know, in the beginning of July after a, $588 million retrofit and remodel. Now, the problem has been, and it was something that completely caught LAPD off guard, and that was these people, these vehicle takeovers, and then these bizarre uh, acts of, like, cutting someone's hair in the middle of the where the median would be, um, people standing up on the very top of the arches, you know, just all kinds of odd behavior. And it was a lot of it precipitated by, it, as DeLeon also mentioned, that uh, this is the first time a bridge is opened in the social media era, as if somehow that you know we have to blame social media. But it you know how people are, and they see somebody posting pictures of themselves up there, and someone's got to top that one or do that you know do something one better. But right, a lot of people are uh, going out there and posing for pictures. It's now become this, and it used to be an iconic landmark for people to make movies and TV shows, and you know it was an actual. You know, an artery into downtown L.A. Now it's just turned into this sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, this sort of iconic place to go wreak havoc. Going all the way back to July 22nd, when the bridge was first closed after it had opened, and they had to literally close it down because there were too many takeovers, too much criminal behavior, protests on the bridge. Um, they uh, They had issues with people climbing up the sides of the bridge. They had all kinds of stuff. They were having to close it down, which was completely unexpected. The LAPD now is having to put together these task forces. Operation Central Bureau, along with Hollenbeck Division, are having to put these traffic enforcement uh, uh, programs together. One of the first big ones happened yesterday from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. And in just that eight-hour period, (laughs) just in an eight-hour period, 56 traffic stops on the (laughs) bridge. 44 citations issued, 11 warnings issued, four vehicles impounded, one arrested for having an ATV on the bridge, and one arrested for another vehicle uh, violation. Then they had to shut down the bridge for at least 20 minutes because a group of bicyclists and skateboarders overran the bridge. And it got out of control, and the cops had to close the bridge on both sides until those groups got over to the other side. So that's what's
2: going on. Well, uh 2 to 10 p.m. They did this yesterday. Now, they were clearly a presence there. They could they could be seen, the police mm-hmm. on the bridge, but these yeah. people came anywhere to do their stunts and yeah. to have their stupid fun and to make their videos. They came anyway yeah, I, to do this stuff. To, uh, uh, I'm looking at a report here that removal crews have cleaned up an average of 1,244 square feet of graffiti yeah. each day since the bridge opened. They're spending an, hour, an average of 21 and a half hours a day at the bridge. This almost a complete day. To the tune of
1: a little over $700,000 in costs to remove that graffiti. And this is money that was not budgeted for that. And this is something, it, it wasn't even open a month and they're having to deal with this. I heard talk the other day. I heard some of the cops saying that there had been the uh, the term toll bridge being bandied about. I'm not sure if that's going to come to fruition or not, (laughs) but that was something that was being discussed that perhaps they might be shutting it down at certain times of the night, certain times of the day, whatever the case is. But they're reaching a point now where, and here's the big problem, Ken, is that the LAPD does not have the resources to be assigning a bridge task force Oh yeah, not at
2: all there's enough crime in the city yeah, they, that they can't have somebody yeah. just standing around a bridge all day that's yeah. ridiculous
1: and in and in shifts you know in revolving shifts they can't afford the manpower to be standing over there watching to make sure uh people aren't you know doing. can't they wheelies. get some
2: ambassadors steve some bridge <laughs> ambassadors
1: <laughs> maybe metro can lend them some of theirs
2: yes that's exactly um, right
1: <laughs> you know that's a good idea i'm not really sure the problem is is that uh, some of these things have turned violent like these protests and unruly crowds. So when LAPD tried to shut it down that one time, or they did successfully shut it down, they they received so much pushback uh, from people saying that this was racist and that you know the, the LAPD shutting it down was stopping you know a, a certain class of people from being able to access downtown Los Angeles and you know LAPD's, LAPD's like. This is a safety issue. This is not a racist
2: issue. Plus, we want to make sure the bridge stays where it is. If it's full of graffiti and people doing all sorts of stunts on it, something terrible is about to happen. People climbing up those archways, somebody's going to fall off. The two largest groups right now they're most concerned with
1: are these vehicle takeovers, which, you know, obviously full-sized vehicles going up there doing wheelies and driving on the opposite side of the lanes. That's the number one concern right now, safety concern, followed by groups of bicyclists and one of them uh, you know on july 26th uh, one of the bicyclists had shined a laser pointer into an officer's eye causing some damage officer to be taken to a hospital Um, and then they've got you know they're trying to put these bollards up these speed bumps and all this stuff is not going to stop criminal behavior it's just a matter of what level and what severity of criminal behavior will be allowed
2: some of the things i'm hearing is and you probably saw the L.A. Times editorial: They want to shut it down to cars. They think it should be a pedestrian-only bridge. Anybody throwing that idea around? Um, well, they've talked about that as well. I mean, but
1: then that con- that completely defeats the purpose of the 588 million dollar investment in that bridge. Yes, yeah, just for people to walk over. Right. It was for, for, for exactly. If it was just going to be a pedestrian bridge, they probably could have saved a lot of money. But I don't think people realized this was going to happen. I don't think anyone expected this behavior on a bridge, no less.
2: So now it's been about three weeks since it opened. Do they think this is going to peter out, that people are going to get tired of doing this? I know it's not the same people, but eventually we'll exhaust the supply of yeah. idiots that wants to come and uh, do something on the bridge. Well, you until think that the, could happen in a month or two? Until or? the next big shiny
1: thing comes along. you know. And, and LAPD, is they're going to have to put a full-court press on this and they will they'll eventually crack down hard enough to where it, it, it it'll be the deterrent and then what'll happen most likely is it does in other cases it's the same thing with these takeovers that happened in the San Fernando Valley you mm-hmm. know they'll they'll be they'll be quiet for a couple weeks you won't hear anything about it and then things will die down officers will be redeployed in other areas then boom out of nowhere they'll resurface and that's the thing they're going to have to contend with unless there's a way to put some sort of deterrent or some sort of a mechanical uh uh, something more permanent or semi permanent
2: on the bridge yeah
1: <laughs> that's the say when they were laughing about saying a toll but that you know that would never fly because if this, if they had to pay the people had to pay from Boyle Heights to come over to LA downtown LA and pay a
2: toll that would not fly but I know. it reminds me of remember sometimes when clubs get the wrong riffraff coming in so they start to charge uh, yeah. a fee to come into the club Yeah. it's the same thing the riffraff off the bridge we charge a toll maybe <laughs> they won't try to get on the bridge well and, or if you're going to do it like the club
1: then you say ladies are free till 10
2: that's right. That's right. You come up with some other crazy
1: idea. Or guys are free until 10. I don't remember how it is. You know, guys get in free until 10. I don't remember how it goes. Did but...
2: anybody say that this weekend was better or worse than the previous couple of weekends? Is it starting it's... to slow down? Or no. I know they did that big enforcement operation yesterday, and they still handed out a lot of tickets. Yeah. So. I mean, you got to think, if you look back
1: here and looking at the, the timeline of all the different things that happened, yeah, there you had issues with people. Ambulance had to be called in two instances. Uh, the the vehicle takeovers, two handguns uh, that were recovered uh, as a part of one of these takeovers. That was on July 23rd, 11 o'clock at night. Um, let's see, group of trucks. This one caught me off guard. On the 24th at 6 p.m., a large group of trucks, trucks. showed up on the bridge, impeding traffic, And they were setting up for a street takeover, and then the cops had to end up shutting down the bridge.
2: Another vaccine uh, protest? What was
1: that about? (laughs) The trucks are back? The trucks, yeah, the semis, the 18-wheelers. And then now the, the other thing, too, that they were worried about is that the bridge was becoming sort of a focal point. Of people protesting other things like the abortion rights issue and those kinds of things, so they yeah, you wonder
2: that. when that's going to happen. I mean, they showed up at the museum of the L.A. Museum of Art the other yeah. day with their stupid anti-abortion but pro-abortion protest. And it's not it, right. It won't be very long before they show up on the bridge to do these kind of things. All right, Steve, thank you very much. You got it, buddy. Take care. All uh, right, Steve Gregory with a full report about what L.A.P.D. is trying to do about the downtown Los Angeles Sixth Street Bridge, which opened up just a few weeks ago and continues to be a place full of questionable behavior. When I come back, I'll talk a bit more about this because none other than the El Segundo Times sent a couple of writers to, sh- to talk to people who believe that there's probably nothing wrong with this. It's our bridge. It's our neighborhood. More coming up here on the John and Ken Show on KFI. As you've been hearing, and we will have Joe Biden taking over KFI around 4.30. He's going to do it from the balcony of one of the rooms in the White House because he's tested positive for COVID again. You probably heard that story over the weekend. Joe apparently had taken that medication, Paxlovid. And as we heard, in some cases, not all, after you stop taking the medication, you can end up testing positive for COVID again because it's not completely out of your body. The viral level is still high enough to be detected in a test. So he's isolating, but he's going to appear... Before the American people, at 4:30, to announce this, that they have once again killed the leader of Al Qaeda. Remember that story? It was May of 2011 when Osama bin Laden was taken out through a military operation. The announcement today is that his successor, his name is Ayman al-Zawahiri, was killed in a drone strike in Afghanistan. That's what Biden's going to talk about, because obviously it's if it's true, it's a victory lap. And the reason I said again is not because we've killed the leader of al Qaeda twice, that being bin Laden and now Zawahiri. They thought that Zawahiri was already dead, but he showed up in a video uh, on the 11th anniversary of Osama bin Laden's death, which apparently was just a couple of months ago. So then they weren't sure, though, you know, with these videos, they could be new, they could be old. Uh, Apparently, Biden, when we pulled out of Afghanistan last year, that was August 31st of 2021, he said that al-Qaeda was gone. But many believe, now that the Taliban was running Afghanistan, that some of these terrorist organizations could revive themselves and become stronger again. And maybe that's the reason that there was a planned mission to take out this leader, because maybe they thought al-Qaeda might get stronger again with Afghanistan being run by the Taliban. Biden said last year, what interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, as well as well as, well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. But uh, there was a warning from the military Last September, the terror groups like al-Qaeda can grow much faster because of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. So around 4.30, KFI will carry Biden's remarks at some sort of press conference to announce a drone strike that has taken out Ayman al-Zawahiri. is. And if you've ever seen this guy, his pictures have been around for years. He's shown many times posing with bin Laden. Uh, He's got the long beard. I think they used to call him Dr. something. I remember hearing his name back in the days of 9-11. But uh, I may be wrong. It may be not the first time they thought they took him out. So maybe this time for certain. We'll find out more in about an hour here on KFI. We're talking about the downtown Los Angeles 6th Street Bridge, or as they call it, the 6th Street Viaduct, which opened a few weeks ago in July. And ever since then, particularly on weekends, It's been the scene of takeovers, cars doing donuts, people doing stunts, making videos. And of course, really the worst of all is the graffiti, which has cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to clean up already. Um, The bridge is probably already looking disgusting. If you look at the overhead shot, you can see where all the donuts had made all the skid marks on the roadway there. The arches look nice. I imagine it's a nice looking bridge, but it's a bridge. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. The fact that, you know, the Times did this story. What day was it? Uh, It was last Thursday. It's our bridge, a night of selfies, modelos, cops, dogs, and a cat on the 6th Street Viaduct. The point that's being made by the two writers here for the El Segundo Times is that people consider the bridge an extension of their neighborhood. So to them, it's like a park. It's a place where they want to go and hang out. And like every place else, there's going to be people doing Crazy things, right? Uh, you know, it'll go all the way from just people partying, smoking pot, and and drinking beer, to people doing donuts and people trying to do stunts on the bridge. But I look at this and I think people really don't have enough to do. I realize that we're in the social media era, where people love the idea of trying to put a video on social media and getting a lot of likes, and isn't that cool? And would you like to one up me? But it goes beyond that because not everybody's on this bridge making videos. It's just like sad that people would gravitate to a bridge. I know it's new. It's a novelty. It's like the new restaurant that opens in town. Everybody wants to go to see what it is because it's, it's this new gift, this new shiny thing. But um, the story in the El Segundo Times just talks about these people and uh, we're connecting uh, what? Oh, yeah, they talk to a a drummer. He goes up there and beats the drums. I'm connecting with something. The stars, the elements, the music gods, the drums from Africa. He's an amateur drummer by the name of Jeff Jackson. Uh, he says, I'm not into the audience part because then you lose the intent. If they like it, cool. But it's more about your own experience. I don't need attention. I just want to play for the bridge. Holy mackerel. Uh, this is really bizarre and sad that a freaking bridge has got people. What I'm thinking is that they they just don't have enough in their lives to keep them busy. I mean, you know, even go out and go for a run or go for a bike ride somewhere else or, you know, go hit a golf ball or go shoot a basketball. Go do something with your friends. Go read a book. You have to all pile up on the bridge to be seen and to make a spectacle of everything. I... Honestly, I, I don't understand this kind of personality. All right. We got more coming up here on the John and Ken show on KFI. Big story this afternoon. And we're going to hear more about it in about an hour from old Joe himself from the balcony at the White House. The blue balcony, I think it's called, because he's in isolation. He's got the rebound case of COVID-19. Yes, the blue room balcony of the White House at about 730 p.m. Eastern, 430 our time that apparently a military operation, a U.S. airstrike has taken out the current al-Qaeda leader. Well, it's really only the second one took over for bin Laden. Ayman uh, al-Zawahiri. It happened in Afghanistan over the weekend. So <clears throat> I don't know what's left of al-Qaeda or how effective they are. But I guess the theory was we better rub them out or rub their leader out before they start to get stronger again in a country that is run by the Taliban. So we'll hear more about that From Joe, after four o'clock, that horrible fire up in Northern California, Southern Oregon. It is the largest wildfire so far in 2022, affecting California residents. Alex Stone has the details on that and other fires affecting the Western states coming up at four o'clock. Deborah Mark, apparently the dog adoption at Dodger Stadium was a hit.
3: I know. Isn't that awesome?
2: Nearly 100 dogs found homes. Dodger Stadium was open for a few hours on Saturday for people to come and take home a dog. Now, it wasn't free. They cost $50, and you did have to have them spayed or neutered and all the other rules that come with that. But it was the first ever pet adoption event at Dodger Stadium. They're calling it a big success. 100 dogs. So there you go.
3: I'm so happy to hear that.
2: That's 100 down and about 10,000 to I go know. in L.A. County? I know, What do you think the number of unclaimed dogs is in L.A. County? You have oh, any idea what geez. that would be? I don't know how many the shelters hold. Uh, a I lot. Was watching, I was watching the Saturday morning news, and they have a feature where they uh, have a dog that they want somebody to adopt, and the mm-hmm. woman was standing there with this big black dog, and that's what they were saying. Because he was big... People don't want to take the big dogs. They're I tougher. love
3: big dogs. I just don't have a yard for a big dog. But I think you don't have dogs... a big dog. No, because I don't have a yard for it. But I, if I did have a, a big yard, I'd love to have a big dog. All
2: right, all right. All right. Now this update, and this was fantastic news over the weekend. For those of you who listen to the show for any amount of time, you know that one after another, we've had the worst mayors in Los Angeles. I mean. Y- y- you have to go back many years to find anybody that was competent enough to run the city of L.A. and fix the problems. They just get worse one after another. Uh, Richard Reardon, of course, was the mayor from 1993 to 2001. And it looked like we had come a long way. It was also that period of the 90s where crime was out of control, particularly gang crime. And thanks to laws passed in the state of California, things began to recede by the time Richard Reardon finished his term in office. He was followed by a dud named James Hahn, then Tony Villar, and now the man that has been mayor for nine freaking years, Eric Garcetti. We're supposed to say goodbye to him, and we will. There will be a new mayor elected in November, but we're supposed to say goodbye to him from the city of L.A. as he takes off for his new job as ambassador to India. But as you know, if you've been following the saga, he has not been confirmed by the U.S. Senate. He got past a committee, but the full Senate has not voted on his nomination yet, so he's stuck in limbo. Well, the update from the El Segundo Times, in something they call L.A. on the record, Dakota Smith and Ben Oreskes did an update on the Garcetti story, and it's quite revealing. Apparently, the Senate is going to go on recess next week. They do come back in September, but they probably have... Very much a lot of big things to deal with. You've probably been hearing about this big climate bill that Biden finally got Senator Joe Manchin on board with. That includes tax hikes and corporations and the wealthy, and it's supposedly a big victory for the Biden administration. So they're going to be focusing on that. And the thinking is that the Senate Majority Leader for the Democrats, Chuck Schumer, well, will he take up the vote next week? Or will he wait? until they come back in September. It says here that Schumer is less likely to schedule controversial votes and not ones where an eye from every Democrat isn't assured. So here's the stunner in the story. We've told you that Garcetti has been going to Washington, D.C. to lobby for his ambassador's position because it's definitely in doubt. And it looks like he's been visiting Republicans. He's trying to find anybody that would support him. But there's a report that during his trip last week, he attended the Congressional Hispanic Caucus's business meeting. The group put out a statement. The statement noted its full support for Garcetti for the post to India and included a photo showing the mayor smiling alongside the group's chairman, who is Congressman Raul Ruiz from Coachella. The Hispanic Caucus is largely comprised of lawmakers in the House So they have no formal role in the Senate-confirmed positions such as the ambassadorship. So that was merely for show. Who knows why? Or maybe Garcetti just thought this is a good thing for me to do because I am going to run for president again someday. Yeah, right. Anyway, uh, a congressman from Santa Barbara, Salud Carbajal, did not attend the meeting but told the Times he briefly bumped into Garcetti at a social event last week. In addition to Garcetti talking about his work for L.A., uh, Carbajal recalled, we chatted about his confirmation, what that's looking like. And by all accounts, I think there seems to be a positive path forward for the most part. In recent weeks, the mayor has been spotted by reporters at the White House and traipsing around the Capitol complex. And that does sound like Garcetti, traipsing around like tiptoe through the tulips. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee advanced Garcetti's nomination in January. And then the Times reported in May that several Democrats are hesitant over backing Garcetti, suggesting bipartisan support would be necessary to get his nomination across the finish line. You all know by now that this deals with Garcetti's former top aide, a man by the name of Rick Jacobs, who was accused of sexually harassing employees in the mayor's office and also including his LAPD bodyguard, which is a subject of a lawsuit. Garcetti's involved because he's denied having any knowledge of this or seeing any of this. And there are a number of aides to the mayor's office, most of them former aides now, because you're not going to stay around long if you don't toe the line with Garcetti. But a number of them have said that he indeed saw what was happening, knew what was happening. So Senator Tim Kaine, Democrat Virginia, remember him, Hillary Clinton's running mate? Told the Times on Wednesday that there's an effort to appeal to Republicans who could support Garcetti on the Senate floor. He then added, though, I've got nothing to report on the status of the nomination. The mayor declined to say which Republicans he was courting, saying, I have been open and excited to talk to all, whether they're Democrat or Republican senators. When the Times reported Dakota Smith asked whether it was now or never for his nomination, Garcetti gave the usual response. I'm just focused right now on being mayor. That's my job. The meetings I took, I wasn't in D.C. on this issue. I took three different meetings, he said, about transportation, COVID-19, and the Summit of the Americas. When the reporter pointed out that, well, you all summit with the Hispanic Caucus and said you're not being truthful, Garcetti walked away. Look at that. That's a big deal for the El Segundo Times to report that, that Garcetti basically lied He didn't include all the meetings that he took. And who knows, the Hispanic caucus, he was probably trying, even though they're in the House, he was probably trying to see if they could help him get through to some senators to get his nomination passed. The mayor was seen last week with Breeland Pete, That's the lobbyist hired by Garcetti's parents, Suki and Gil Garcetti, to advocate for his nomination. The lobbying firm where she works reported $30,000 in income during the second quarter, Tied to Garcetti's parents. So now we know in just one quarter how much money they have spent. These two people are elderly. They're retired. What is Gil Garcetti still just doing photographs? Is he selling them? Does he have a big pension? They put up $30,000 to try to get his son to be ambassador to India. The firm did lobby the White House, the Senate, and the House, according to the firm's filings. The League of Conservation Voters also reported that it lobbied for Garcetti's India Post in the second quarter. So that's two groups that are lobbying for Garcetti to get to India. Now, here's an interesting stat. Right now, 95 of Biden's ambassador nominees have been confirmed. Garcetti is one of 34 nominations still being stuck, according to something called the Partnership for Public Service. So that's a sizable percentage of ambassador nominees that have been confirmed. Garcetti's on a smaller list of those who are stuck. And if it doesn't happen by the time they take recess next week, they'll be gone till after Labor Day. And by then, they'll be thinking about the coming elections. They'll be thinking about getting some bills passed. It's very possible that Garcetti goes bye-bye. And maybe somebody in the Biden administration decided "Eh, the Indian ambassadorship isn't that important that we can't push for someone else right now and tell Garcetti it's over. So, you know, let him do his thing. Let him lobby people. Who knows? Maybe he'll he'll get lucky. All right. More coming up here on the John and Ken show on KFI AM 640. We'll have Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, coming on the show at 4.05 to talk about this fire. That is burning in Northern California, pretty much up there near the Oregon border, Siskiyou County. It uh, has consumed more than 55,000 acres. It is California's largest fire, wildfire so far in 2022. And the bad news, two people were found dead inside a burned out car. He'll have all the details on this and other fires affecting the Northwest coming up after the news. At 4 o'clock, at 4.30, as we said, if you haven't heard, we're going to have Joe Biden taking over the KFI airwaves to give more details on this U.S. military operation. Looks like it was a drone strike that took out the leader of al-Qaeda. There's a throwback for you. Yes, the leader of al-Qaeda, that is Osama bin Laden's group, Well, they're still around. You don't hear about them much anymore. And you don't hear much about ISIS either, but these terrorist groups still exist. His name is Iman al-Zahiri, and he was killed in a CIA drone strike over the weekend. So Joe, who's still isolating due to another positive COVID test, what they call COVID rebound after he took medication to treat it, will still be speaking from the Blue Room balcony. And we'll have that for you on KFI whenever it starts sometime around 4.30. That's getting late for Joe, so I imagine he'll be quick to get out there and wrap it up pretty quickly. All right, we move over to The Vegan Lady. This story, I thought of you, but I was a little bit confused by it. Apparently, the Los Angeles School District has decided to go healthy. But when you actually read the story, it's hard to figure out where that is. And then I... Started to look at the details, and I thought, okay, now I know why they're doing this. Uh, As you know, one of the most dreaded things for kids who go to school is to eat the school cafeteria meal. Personally, never bothered me, but, you know, no offense, my mother wasn't the best cook. (laughs) So therefore, uh, I didn't didn't find the food gourmand, but mm, I never really objected to it. And I used to eat it pretty much every day, whatever sludge. They were putting out. So when I saw the headline of this story, it's like, well, what about uh, smoothies?
3: Mm, I love Berries. Oh, yeah.
2: Ramen. I don't know how healthy ramen is. It's pretty salty.
3: Oh, I get vegan ramen. It's delicious.
2: Uh, with kale
3: noodles. Yeah, but wh-
2: why wouldn't ramen, ramen isn't vegan to begin with? or
3: Well, because it's it doesn't have chicken broth or beef broth.
2: Oh, they're right. They do put the or pork night. broth. The base.
3: Or, or pork broth, whatever I and I get, oh, uh, yeah. I get it with coconut milk and uh, sometimes eh. kale noodles. It's really yummy. You're missing out.
2: But before I looked into this story too long, turkey, ham, and cheese croissants for breakfast, Nashville hot chicken tenders, honey biscuits, meatball sub sandwiches, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not healthy, not necessarily. No. So I didn't really understand that. But then as you read along in the article, you find out why, you know, what kids were doing instead because they didn't like the school meals. What? Reaching into their backpacks and eating flaming hot Cheetos. (laughs) They were pretty much just eating junk snack food, candy bars, potato chips, tortilla chips. So the schools decided, well, if we try to go too far in the other direction and just give them vegan food, kale and all God sorts of no. avocados. What they're doing instead is just trying to give them something more substantive. And that would explain, I guess the Turkey ham and cheese croissants because a croissant, man. I mean, that's a, that that's full of calories right there. And I don't think it's says full of butter. You can get them
3: vegan. I had one over the weekend.
2: Then it's not a croissant.
3: Yes, it is.
2: No, what makes a croissant special is the fact that the the butter makes it very tasty and it gets the right crunch to it.
3: Okay, Ken, I will have to bring you one of these days some vegan croissants that I find.
2: I'll know the difference. I don't know if
3: you would, actually.
2: Yeah, you say that to everybody every time. Well, because you're going to know for
3: sure if I bring you one, so it's already going to be in your head.
2: The last time you gave me something vegan, it was a chocolate chip cookie. It was a freaking hockey puck. No, it... uh, I could not not chew it. I had to sit here and smash it with my hand before I could eat a piece. It
3: got stale while it was waiting in your mouth. The taste
2: wasn't bad. No, you brought it to work one day, right from the supermarket. Okay, well, there are others that are that are very mushy. I'm saying the taste wasn't bad, but it was hard as a, I couldn't believe how hard it was. It was hard to break apart. <laughs> um, here's the usual statistics: eighty percent of students in L.A. Unified are from low-income families, and uh, as only the Times would put it, grapple with food insecurity. Parents' long work schedules can be an additional challenge for preparing meals, let alone healthful ones. So every day in LA Unified, they serve more than 300,000 breakfasts, 285,000 lunches, and 70,000 early dinners. Man, you think about that. When I went to school, the only thing there was was lunch. And nobody, nobody served breakfast. And certainly there wasn't early dinners. What time is that? 3.30 when they get done with school? Wow. million a year, and we've talked before about how they actually have giveaways where you can drive through and pick up food. This is what happens when you build a state that relies on basically low wage, illegal immigrant, unskilled labor. The families can't support themselves. So you have to come up with programs to feed them, take care of their basic needs. We drove out the middle class. All we have left is the very, very wealthy and the next tier down. And then the bottom tier. During 13 months of pandemic food for school closures, LA Unified offered, yeah, the grab and go food for takers. But now what they're trying to figure out is it a way to get kids to eat. They keep calling them nutritious, healthy food options. I, cinnamon rolls? Mm, mm. You like cinnamon rolls? I, I do. That's, but that's not... That's kind of junk food. Well, a cinnamon roll? Well, it depends
3: on, again, that's it depends a lot of sugar, on the sugar, icing,
2: and, uh, uh, well, I don't think in this article they're doing them vegan or gluten-free or any of that Probably stuff. not. Kung Pao chicken, yeah, that's high in sodium. That's all right. Honey glaze. Oh, honey glaze with brown rice and broccoli. Well, there you go. That got a good review from one of the students. But basically, uh, they're still serving food that some people would consider unhealthy because they were afraid if they went too far and they tried to give the kids yogurt and fruit and stuff like that. And then too many vegetables that would be rejected too. We talked about how in other school districts around the country, that a lot of that food gets thrown out.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I understand trying to find
2: that sweet middle between the junk food, the Cheetos and something that gives them some kind of real nutrition. Right. Because you can get protein from from chicken nuggets and and, and oh, oh, my gosh, black bean burgers, oh. quinoa salad. Oh, uh. yum. Oh, that's the list. It said they did try those black bean burgers, quinoa salad, vegetarian curry and fresh pears. But fewer students ate those lunches and they started reaching into their backpacks for cans of soda and flaming Hot Cheetos. I mean, look, them. when I was
3: a kid, Ken, I didn't love that stuff either. I didn't love vegetables, and here I am. My my diet consists mainly of vegetables. I think you just have to be, I don't know, you have to be told about them. You have to be exposed to them. So, eh, yeah. I don't know. It takes a while to develop the taste
2: for those right. types of things. But I think when you're, that's exactly right. So when you're an 8-year-old or a 9-year-old, and you get start getting served that stuff, it's too early. They're probably not going to take to it. And then they're going to reach into their backpack and they're going to eat the Cheetos. They're thinking, all right, if we put a croissant in front of them with ham and cheese on it and we put a Cinnabon.
3: Right, of course. Maybe that's a little better.
2: Marginal. All right. Coming up next, I will be talking to Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, about the big fire burning in Northern California. Johnny Kensho and KFI AM 640. Deborah Mark has the news now. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company can and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold back IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends
1: at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173.
2: Or visit buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes,
1: email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.
3: Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.